Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and welcome to episode 39 of the Busy Business Women podcast. So today we're delving into mental health, a topic that has come up time and time again on this podcast. If you're an avid listener, you'll have heard many of my guests talk about mental health challenges. So I thought who better to invite onto the show than Sharon Chisholm, who is a mind health coach. She's a fabulous professional who passionately supports the very small end of town and fully appreciates the importance that strength and resilience play in being a successful small business owner. Sharon is an award-winning coach, mental health advocate, counsellor, writer and speaker. She works with entrepreneurs and small business owners, helping them with a variety of challenges from low confidence and self-esteem through to mind health issues such as anxiety and depression. She's very open about her own journey and struggles with mind health and mental illness, including being diagnosed with bipolar and recently featuring on the SBS show, How Mad Are You?, which is awesome. And I'm sure we'll talk about that shortly. And it's these experiences that have given her a strong desire to work with others facing similar issues in small business. I love this lady. She's refreshingly down to earth and open, generous with her time and expertise and bloody funny to boot. (laughs) (laughs) It gives me great pleasure to welcome Sharon onto the show. Sharon, thank you so much for being here today. Hello. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) I'm just going to have to rein myself in as usual because I do get excited about my guests and you are no exception. (laughs) Uh, Listeners, Sharon and I did a reciprocal podcast interview recently where I was on her podcast and we had so much fun that I don't know whether I'll kind of stop giggling and there's going to be a lot of truth bombs today, I'm sure. So I'm really, really happy to have you on my show and be able to grill you because you're a very interesting lady and I'm sure, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you're going to talk about today are going to really resonate with our listeners. So thank you for taking the time and being here. Let's get cracking, shall we? Awesome. Let's do it. All right. You're in the hot seat. So Uh let's find out a bit more about you to start with. Now you've been coaching and counseling for many years now, right? Can you tell me a bit about how you came to be your own boss? Yeah, look, I, I, I was always employed. I, I grew up and lived in England and I worked in recruitment for many years and a lot of that was kind of mentoring and, and coaching people. Then I worked in sales and I had my own sales team. And again, I really enjoyed the, the coaching and development side of um, working with my team. Then I moved to Australia and, and quickly and rather unexpectedly fell pregnant. And, um, and, and a couple of years later had uh, another child. And, and I knew I wanted to do something, but I wasn't really sure what that was going to be. So I, I kind of, you know, thought back to my working life and what I'd enjoyed and, and the things that really lit me up. And, and that was working with people, working with people, I guess, like me, who had had struggles, who were um, challenged by things on a day-to-day basis. A lot of that around confidence and self-worth and, and mm-hmm. feeling like we're doing a good enough job, which I think in today's world is so easy to, to feel like we're not doing enough. Yep. Um, and so I started off um, working really just with 
women who were like me, parents, and um, struggling with managing a house and managing a family and all of those things. And it's it's kind of morphed over time, really, to be working with with small business owners um, mm. because, you know, I understand the challenges of running a small business and running a home and possibly having a family and trying to do all of the things every day and, and often feel like we're, we're failing. Yeah. Oh, like as I'm listening to you, I'm kind of transfixed because I'm nodding my head going, yep, that's me. Yep. <laughs> Where's that brick wall to bash my head against? Yes. Like I think a lot of our listeners, many of them are parents as well as business owners and they're running the household and there's a million different things that they're juggling and the demands that come with that are huge. So i I wholeheartedly <laughs> you're talking about and we will come on to that shortly so let's talk about your business first up before we kind of get into that space of mental health what are some of the biggest challenges you face as a business owner over those years and how have you overcome them I think you know that there's a couple really um and and I think a big one is we we go into business because we love the thing, the thing that we're producing or the thing that we're doing and we're good at it and we want to share it with the world or help people or, or whatever reason. But we don't think about all the other stuff, mm. the marketing and the sales and the social media and the accounting and all of those things yeah. that we either don't know about or we don't enjoy or we're not very good at. Mm. And so for me... You know, it's it's learning all of that stuff, finding the time to learn those things in amongst the rest of my life and trying to run a business and have clients and all of those things. Mm. Um, so it, it's no, it's also knowing, I think, what I should be spending my time on. You know, should I be spending it on marketing or should I be spending it on social media or should I be spending it funnying about on Canva, making nice pictures, which, of course, is <laughs> no, a fun and easy thing to do. <laughs> and always a fail safe. You know, if I don't know what to do, I'll just go and make some pretty pictures on Canva. Totally um, my go-to as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, you know, your images are lovely. <laughs> Thank um, you. Many hours <laughs> of perfecting them. <laughs> So it's, you know, it's, it's knowing what I should be doing and then either doing it or learning how to do it. You know, things like MailChimp that, that are so involved. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time I feel like I haven't got a clue. So in terms of business stuff, those are probably my biggest challenges. And then, you know, I know we're going to talk about this in, in a minute, but definitely my mental health issues play, uh, have a really big impact on my business and, and how I function and when I function and all of those things and, yeah. and overcome them. I Look, I don't know that I'll ever overcome them. You know, I think you're always learning and growing. If we're talking about things like MailChimp or social media, those things change so quickly. Mm. So I don't think we ever overcome. I think we simply continue to learn and continue to grow and, um, work within our, our understanding of, of how business works but it you know it's the same with mental health I'm never going to overcome my mental health issues I simply have yeah. to manage them on a day-to-day basis and and work with them where I can and and um and just hope that you know the days are good and and um and I wake up tomorrow feeling as good as I did today so yeah completely 
So I'll just touch on the business side of things in the moment because we're going to talk a lot about mental health shortly. But I love what you just shared there about, um, you know, I think of it as wearing so many hats in business as a business owner, and particularly a solopreneur, a micro business owner, a small business owner, whatever you want to call it. We do wear so many different hats and often, you know, you don't necessarily have the budget or money to outsource those hats. And although that might be on your agenda to do it, for, for well, for my, my reality was for many years, I was wearing all of those hats. And that can be really confronting when you start a business and even when you're years into it and realize that the reason you got into business was this one thing over here that you really love. Yeah. But it's these 12 other things that you do every <laughs> single day that you never even knew about before you started your business, let alone had ever done in your career, yeah. are suddenly quite an important part of your business or, you know, in most cases, significant like sales and marketing. So I think that that's something that trips up so many people when they start business. And it's why the small business statistics in Australia are so shocking because people get into it with so much gusto and passion, um, but are kind of clueless as to all of the other things they're going to have to do, not just that one thing that they really love doing. So yeah. thank you for bringing that up. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there that it is, it isn't about overcoming them. That's a really good distinction. It is about recognizing as with mental health that we're evolving and we change and we've got to keep learning and it doesn't just stop unless, I mean, even if you outsource stuff, you still got to have your head around outsourcing it to someone else you yeah. can't just completely wipe your hands of it unless you're you know much bigger business than really the space that we're talking about in so thank you I'm going to change that word now from how did you overcome them to how did you master them or deal with them or something mm -hmm. else because yeah. it's a really good distinction I like that a lot all right so I love to tap into hindsight because you know a lot of the business owners that I have on the podcast have been in business many years as have you if you were to start from scratch again god mm -hmm. forbid because you've got loads of experience <laughs> under your belt but is there anything that you do differently and this question it kind of always makes me smile because <clears> I think as positive people our default can be no they were all learning you know learning journeys and I'm so glad we had them because otherwise I wouldn't be the person I am today. But I know the reality is there's shit I've done in my business that I don't want to go through again. And if someone could have shared that with me, I wouldn't have done it. So are yeah. there any, you know, aside from the positive factor of, yes, we learn from mistakes, is there anything that you point blank would not do again if you were to start from the beginning? Yeah, I wouldn't start. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best response I've ever had to that question. <laughs> And I have felt like that on days for sure. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, oh, look, you know, it's, it's, um, I think I would, I would read a lot more about what is actually involved in running a business. You know, I'd spend a lot less time, um, making business cards or worrying <laughs> about my logo or, you know, having the stationery and all of those things because nobody, yeah. nobody else cares. We <laughs> care because it's our baby, you know, and we, we want the logo and want the beautiful cards with the gold trim and, and all of that stuff. Um, but we're really the only people that care about that. And let's be honest, do people often use business cards these days anyway? I don't even remember the last time I handed out a business card. Now, obviously, some people will use them and, and that's fantastic. But um, 
you know, other people don't tend to care whether we've got the perfect business name or the perfect tagline or any of those things. They care about what we do and how well we do it. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd, I'd definitely research more about the important stuff, you know, how to market and how to use social media ineffectively and, and you know, perhaps do a basic business course to find out things like, oh, there is an ideal customer rather than me thinking, well, you know, I want to coach everyone. I want to coach everyone who might need coaching ever. You two, are, you, you two, <laughs> I'm <doing> well, <laughs> we are very similar, the pair of us. <laughs> Recruitment background, escaped, thought I could help everyone, pursued that path for too long, lost lots of money. I'm not saying you yeah. did that, but I did no, exactly I really, what I really you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like, well, who's your target audience? Well, if they're breathing, they are, <laughs> they're my target audience, you know? Yes, and um, it made us so rich at the start, didn't it? <laughs> it's, it's made people rich, just not me. Um, <laughs> so I'd, I'd perhaps do a, a, a basic business course and, and learn about those kinds of things, why it's important to work out who I want to be talking to and, and how do I talk to them and... and you know, email marketing and all of those things rather than than how to make pretty pictures. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I definitely do that. And I think also I would try and find myself a mentor, somebody who was already successful in a business and not necessarily the same kind of business as me, but just somebody who had been through the steps that I wanted to take. Yeah. Um, and, and often there are people out there who are mentoring and coaching and and sad to say because I know there are a lot of people who who out there are fantastic at what they do but there's lots of people out there who call themselves coaches business coaches and have never run a successful business yeah completely. and people are going to them and trusting them and handing over thousands of dollars and yeah. really not getting the learning and the education and, and the mentoring that they need and that that makes me really sad but so I, yeah I definitely do more research and do more learning before I kind of went into it gung-ho and thinking I was going to change the world. I'm Don't even get me started. I feel like my ranty pants are being pulled on right now <laughs> with that last comment. Um, and I'm trying to rein myself in as I kind of lurch towards the microphone. But I completely agree with you. And this is, so what I'm referring to obviously is, you know, people calling them certain types of coaches and people spending lots of money on these so-called experts who don't have proven background in running anything before or have been going for like six months and haven't nailed their own business yet and they're advising other people on how to do it. And I unfortunately see this in many service-based industries now where, for example, personal trainers or nutritionists or, you know, like you can literally pick any type of service-based yeah. business, I reckon. And there are people coming out with minuscule qualifications, like virtually no knowledge, and then vulnerable people are in being put into their hands. And um, it frustrates the hell out of me. You know, I'm 12 years into this journey now. I know what's involved. You don't, you don't need someone that's 12 years into your journey, but you need someone who knows what they're doing. And it doesn't yeah. matter whether it's business or anything to do with life. It's really important. So I will just stop my ranting there, but it's a <laughs> point you brought up. And I recommend, and this is not a pitch to work with me or you, but for anybody listening to this, one, Sharon's 
totally on point. In the early days, and in fact, I am a big advocate throughout your business journey, have a mentor or a coach because what you will get from them will help move you along and make faster progress. Um, but get somebody on board, but make sure it's somebody that, you know, has some clout and some weight behind you know, their promises. Now, on the lighter side, I've just got to go back to what you said about the um, business cards and stationery. I've just got to completely confess that when I started my first business, so that was nearly 12 years ago now, it's ne 12 years next week, actually. And I, because I had come out of the recruitment world like you, I was really used to going to client meetings with fancy folders. Yeah. So I thought that, as I was setting my coaching business up, it was imperative I had fancy folders. And at the time, so this is 12 years ago, I spent $5,000 on fancy folders, <laughs> at which point I had no income, no clients, but I felt that those folders were really critical. And I think my printing yeah. bill, I got paper, headed paper printed, yeah, <laughs> like I'm sounding like a dinosaur now, no. <laughs> paper printed and business cards. I think it all, all up came to something like $8,000. Yeah. $8,000 over a decade ago is insane. And it, did it get me any more clients? Yeah. No, it did not. And I have still behind me in that cupboard got some of those fancy folders. Hilarious. It's like I've moved house about 15 times with those bloody folders in the truck. So, <laughs> but you I, will not throw them away just in case you one day <laughs> need a fancy folder at your to go. <laughs> Can I tell you how many times I've tipexed or whited out the address and phone number on the back as the addresses and phone numbers have changed? Like it's ridiculous. And I, when I get down to my last one, I don't even use them anymore. So it's probably going to be another 12 years on from here. I, don't, I won't be able to part with it. It's something that is just part of me now, that fancy folder, because it's, you know, it's older than my kids, older than my marriage. It's been there forever. You should so, frame it. Frame one yes. and put it up on your wall. With a title, fancy folder. <laughs> <laughs> Business game changer, the phase yeah. fancy folder. Phase fancy <laughs> folder, I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. So let's get curious for a moment. Yeah. Just to come back, just for a second, I've just thought of something else as we mm. were talking about the coaches. Um, not only do your research in terms of who you're working with and their experience, but also their values. I think that's really, really important. I worked with a business coach for a little while who came highly recommended to me, paid a fortune, but our values differed so greatly in terms of getting customers and, and how you kind of get them in. And it, it felt really manipulative to me. Right. And that's so against how I work. Yeah. But I ended up not using any of it. So, you know, I think when you're researching mentors and coaches and all of those things, it's really important to look at their values and their beliefs and what they're going to be teaching you and seeing how it fits with you. Yeah, good point. And I've gone down a path similar to that. Um, and it, you do feel burnt because you've spent all this money and then you, nothing that you're learning is really aligned with how you want to operate. So yeah. you feel like you're starting from scratch again anyway after that experience. And, you know, that can come from just having conversation beforehand, doing your research, looking at testimonials, understanding how they operate, but don't just um, kind of jump in without doing your homework. Yeah. This is what we're saying. 
Important point. All right, so let's get stuck into mental health. Now, as I said at the start, mental health has been mentioned on so many of my um, podcasts, which I love. And I feel really grateful to the guests that we've had that they have been really open to talking about their own mental health challenges. And it has come up much more frequently than than I truly anticipated, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I reckon you're the champion in that space because you are really challenging the stigma and I think the misconceptions about mental health on so many levels. So high five and kudos to you for doing that. I think it's really critical. Can you tell us a bit about your own journey with mental health and how that's played a part in your business now? Yeah, I, um, look, I've, I've had anxiety for as long as I can remember. I, I remember as a little kid, we lived two doors away from the school and every morning my mum would have to walk me to school and I'd be sobbing and she'd take me into the headmaster's office and he'd sit me in a special chair and give me smarties until I stopped oh. crying. And I, yeah, I know, I think I just played it for a while and just <laughs> what got smarties. smarties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's always something that I've dealt with on and off throughout my life. Um, as a teenager, I lived with domestic violence. So through that, I developed um, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, which, look, I, it, it's something that will always be there. And it affects me in, in odd ways, such as if I hear a door slam, you know, instantly I'm, I'm kind of waiting for something awful to happen. Um, and then I... I had my daughter when I was 32 and then when she was about 12 months old I was diagnosed with postnatal depression so you know kind of went on I had another baby and again I um, was being treated for depression and then five years ago so that would have been about 11 years after my daughter was born I was then re-diagnosed with bipolar disorder Um, and it, it was bizarre because it came about from a conversation my husband was having with somebody and he said, you know, Sharon's like an, an elevator. She's either at penthouse or basement. Um, and he'd always described me like that. And, and this person said, she should have been checked for bipolar disorder. And, and my husband kind of just said, that's ridiculous. And, but, but when we were talking about it, I thought, well, you know, I had considered it before. Okay. So I made an appointment with the doctors and while we were waiting, um, because you can only be diagnosed by a psychiatrist, not by a doctor or psychologist. So I just read and read and read. And I knew, I knew even before I got the diagnosis that that, that's what it was. It was like that missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle was finally in place. And um, Did that feel like a a breath of fresh air at that point? Look, yes, it was a relief to know that there was reason behind the ups and downs. But it was also really scary because Mm. there's so much unknown. And and whilst, no, I've never, you know, taken all my clothes off and run down the street or, you know, gone clubbing and, and had sex with random strangers, it's you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring, even when you're on medication and you're having therapy and all of those things. And that's not to say that, you know... Everyone with bipolar does those things. It's it's like any illness. It's very individual and very different for everybody. Mm. So, yes, it made sense, but it was also quite scary. Yeah. Um, and and I think I felt resentful for a while, and occasionally still do. You know, it's it's on those days where I just really want to retreat or stay in bed, or I think you know why. Why me? Why did, you know, why can't I just be normal? <laughs> Not that there is normal. Okay, in inverted uh, commas, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because, you know, I feel still sometimes like I should be able to just get over it. I should be able to just pull my socks up and do what everyone else is doing. And, and unfortunately, that's not the reality. And it, it never will be. Mm. And they talk a lot about recovery. I, I'm never going to recover from bipolar disorder. It's something I will have for the rest of my life. But, but I can manage it with the right help and with the right treatment. And, and of course, the, the treatment, again, will differ for everybody. Yeah, completely. So how do you feel that that's played a part? Because you've been through a lot in your lifetime, right? I mean, that's a yeah. huge amount, more than anybody, you know, most people experience. How has that played a part in your business? Uh, it makes it quite challenging because, you know, there are days where I feel really productive and focused and driven um, and achieve huge amounts and there are days where I really find it difficult to even get out of bed yeah and you know I've learned to a degree not to give myself such a hard time about that because mm. um, it's not my fault it's not something I chose to have but it's also a fine line between knowing whether I should be kind of letting up on myself or whether I should be for you know pushing through yeah sometimes, sometimes I've pushed through and it's actually been detrimental and sometimes it's made me feel better you know when I have my coaching calls or do podcasts or whatever I mm. always come out the other side feeling fantastic because I've connected with people you know and and I learn as much from my clients as you know I get as much from sessions as, as they probably do yeah um, same here for me for yeah. sure because yeah. it's, it's about connecting and communicating and shared experiences and and um and I think that's really important so it's you know one of my challenges is not knowing how I'm going to feel tomorrow yeah yeah I mean that must be really tricky because we all have emotional ups and downs and I've talked about it from a productivity point of view how do you you manage your mojo, mojo so that you can continue to be productive but when we're talking about mental health challenges that's a whole different picture and when you're not sure how you're going to feel the next day but you've got to run a business that's commercially sustainable that would definitely be a challenge the upside of that though and not that but of your experiences must be the the empathy and the insights that you can bring to your client sessions yeah I, I think so and that's certainly the feedback I get from from my clients is that they feel heard yeah. and understood and and I think you know it's if if you have anxiety or you feel overwhelmed or you you know low self-worth or whatever if you're talking to people who don't have a lived experience of that it's very difficult for them to understand not through any fault of their own but it's it's difficult for them to understand what it really feels like mm. and so often it's well you know just think positively or look at everything that you've got going for you or um you know just go and do a yoga class and, it, and it's yoga's fabulous but it's not that simple no. um and and it's really easy and 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 i'm sure we'll come to this but it's really easy to look at what other businesses are doing and see them as being so productive and so this and i look at other mental health advocates and i think how are they cramming that much into the hours that they have how are they speaking and traveling and, and writing books and all of these things? How can they be doing that 
why can't I do that? If I'm living with the same mental illness as they are, why can't I be doing those things? Yeah. So it, it's really easy to negatively compare ourselves to others, um, even though we're not on the same level and on the same path and the same journey as they are. Completely, completely. Um, we're going to talk about that kind of imposter syndrome shortly, aren't we? It's just interesting because when you were talking there, it's brought up for me an old memory, So, which I, I'm just going to have full confession here and share. But when I came out, of, and this goes back to our point about hiring qualified people, right? So when I came out of coaching school, so I'd left recruitment, retrained to be a coach, and I was technically termed a life coach so you know this is a long time ago and my dad has suffered from depression for a long long time and they my parents were over from the UK and I remember being Bondi Beach and dad was really annoying me and we were like you know chalk and cheese getting on um, nerves with each other and I remember just launching into this kind of life coaching spiel. I was still working in recruitment but I, w I was kind of upskilling yeah I was still in recruitment but I going on all of these different courses to get my qualifications. And so I had all this newfound knowledge. I was an NLP practitioner and, I, you know, I wanted to use it all and I was all gun-ho, so keen. And I remember just kind of verbally, like verbal diarrhea, throwing all this stuff at him, which was down the path of, you know, if you just think more positively and if you just do X, Y, and Z, so simple, it makes me cringe that I'm even confessing to this. <laughs> now, I wasn't putting myself in the path of working with people with mental health challenges, right? So this was just unsolicited advice I was throwing at my dad very poorly. Uh, but that didn't have a good impact. And it makes me cringe to this day that, you know, I, I was just so ill-informed and naive that I felt like these few skills from this life coaching course was suddenly going to equip me to help my dad through mental health challenges that he'd had for a very long time. And I just felt like I needed to bring that up because you just kind of touched on that point then and also what we were talking about previously. I think that's where there's so much power in what you bring to your business because you found a niche that you know inside and out and you get your clients. And it's not that they've got to have bipolar, but you get the anxiety, you get the depression, you understand the mental health challenges. You've been through mental health challenges that are probably tougher than most of your clients. And, you know, there's a lot of power that comes from that when you're working with people that really need your help. So I just felt like I needed to share that with you. Um, and now don't judge me listeners because I did that. It was 12 years ago. <laughs> no, I, think, I think you've raised a really, really important point. And, and coming back to that whole mentor thing is there seems to be, you know, coming back to that thing about people calling themselves coaches, they've gone and done a 12 week course or, or a three year course, you know, it, it but they don't necessarily have the life skills or experience to be able to do anything other than what the textbook says they should. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've had therapists, I still see a therapist, and, and it took me probably four or five different people to find one that I really gelled with because every single time they would ask me a question I could see coming. You know, if, yeah. if you were going to change that or if you were going to be healthy what would that look like you know and, and that's not a bad <laughs> question in some circumstances but not every single time yeah you know and and I found that incredibly frustrating because it was almost like they were reading from this guidebook of things 
that they should be asking me. And you simply can't do that because everybody is different. Mm. And and yes, I've done courses and I've done workshops and I've done mental health training, all all of those things. Um, But for me, my own lived experience comes into it far more than any training courses I've ever done. Yeah. Because I'm I'm able to put myself in the shoes of that person and, and see where they're coming from and why they might feel the way that they do. And and some of it's intuition and, and just gut feeling and and um and I think for me a big part of it is being real about what my own struggles are. Yeah. You know, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a trained psychologist or, you know, a doctor or any of those things. I'm just real about who I am and what my challenges have been and and how I've dealt with them or haven't dealt with them very well in some cases. Mm. So I think, you know, qualifications are are awesome, but I think also it's that, that experience, that wisdom, that inner knowledge, um, that are, that are just as important. Completely agree. I mean, I get clients, and similarly in my business, I get clients that say to me, like I might write a blog or something or do a video and they'll say, it's like you're watching me, Faye. It's like you know what I'm doing right now. It's like, well, because I've made those mistakes. I've yeah. done those stupid things. I've done those things that I wished I hadn't. I get it. This is not book learning. This is not theory. This is lived experience. And, and I think that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. And definitely for your clients too. Now, let's talk about imposter syndrome then. We touched on it before. Um, you know, far out, this seems to be, you know, this seems to be something that catches so many business owners out mm. these days. You know, if we go and do a hashtag search on Instagram or Facebook right now, imposter syndrome will come up all over the place. Yeah. And I know for me, I've definitely had to be careful to not fall into that trap of holding myself back as a result of imposter syndrome, I've definitely fallen foul of it in the past as well. Do you, do you have any tips on how to manage and deal with imposter syndrome? Yeah, look, um, I've never had it, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think a big thing for me is stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Yeah. You know, if, if you sell mugs, stop looking at all the other mug makers. <laughs> Going to get distracted by oh I like their pattern and oh theirs are much smoother than mine and oh their colours are nicer and oh their packaging's nicer whatever you know and mm. and people mostly only put their best self their best business self on social media so that's all you see you don't see the days when they're comparing themselves to others or you know a whole kiln full of mugs is smashed and and you know. Whatever happens, I think not comparing yourself to other people is a really, really important thing. And, and there's nothing wrong with keeping an eye on what the competition are doing. It's mm. when you get swept into that whirlpool of comparing yourself and, and feeling negative about what you're doing and who you are and, and I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified enough, I'm not experienced enough. Um, so you know, there is only one you and only you can do things the way that you do them. Nobody else yeah. is, is the same. And, and it comes back to that, um, who is your ideal client thing? Well, if, if, my, if I'm trying to talk to everybody, I'm actually talking to nobody. Yeah. But if I'm being true to myself and my values, then the right people are going to be attracted to me and not to Joe Blogs down the road. 
exactly and you know and then sorry no no you go I was just going to say, then when you know that ideal audience, you then create an irresistible offer that they and only they want. And and that's when you start to make money and flourish in business rather than trying to be something to everyone and having so many offers because you are trying to be something to everyone. And then everyone thinks you're jack of all trades, master of none, so you sell nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also it's um, something that really helped me was being really clear about who I am and what's important to me and my values. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being this mega successful Tony Robbins kind of coach <laughs> was not what I wanted to do. It's not who I am. It's not what I believe in. So, you know, looking at someone like that and going, oh, I want to be like that is pointless because it's, yeah. not, it's not what I'm about. So it's about saying, okay, so what is important to me? Well, it's connection with my clients. It's, it's making a difference. It's making people feel heard and understood. And so if, if that's what my marketing is, and that's me speaking my truth, then those people who are looking for that are going to want to work with me. And yeah. the people who aren't are going to want to work with somebody else. And that's okay. And that's... And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and I think also things like testimonials. If mm. you haven't got testimonials, then get some. People are not going to write nice things about you if they don't believe it. Mm. You know, I, oh, the amount of times I, I thought, oh, you know, well, I just got that client because they felt sorry for me or oh. I just got that testimonial because they were just being nice. Rubbish. Mm. People won't write things that that, you know, aren't true in case of when they recommend somebody yeah so print off your testimonials have a look through them think about all of the things that do do make you good at what you do and what your values are and what you stand for because they are the foundations to make you feel good about what you do and what you offer yeah and I love the whole testimonial tactic you know I make it I've got a whole system for getting testimonials it used to be really sporadic you know I might be having one of those moments of oh god I'm not good enough and that's when I go out and ask for testimonials now it's when people finish programs or they've done a workshop with me or whatever it is uh, I have a real system for doing it and that's good from a business perspective but it's also great from an imposter syndrome perspective as a great reminder of oh look you're all right Faye it's okay (laughs) I've actually been putting them on Instagram stories this week and it's been yeah. a really nice refresher of oh look what she said about me that was really nice I'm yeah. you know I might survive another year in business as a result <laughs> of that but so, yeah woohoo I might need a bit more Botox but <laughs> around the edges but I will Try make a bit it more there's no Botox in that lovely face <laughs> Right. Now, I want to talk about warning signs. I reckon running your own business can be a very tough gig. I don't reckon I know, right? And with solopreneurs or micro business owners, they're typically working alone. There, we are typically working alone, which can be really isolating and lonely. And I think can cause real mind games to go on when we find, you know, we are second guessing ourselves, we're downing our abilities, we're collecting limiting beliefs, like they're going out of fashion. What signs do you think we should be mindful of where the typical ups and downs of business life have actually turned into something more that we should be talking to someone like you about or getting help with? How do we identify that we're kind of crossing that line into inverted commas like dangerous territory we should be getting help 
Um, look, I, I think it's, of course, it's difficult because it's different for everybody, but certainly mm. some, some warning signs for me are that I start to feel really unmotivated mm-hmm. and um, a bit disheartened about what I'm doing. So rather than feeling, you know, excited about um, an interview I might do or a blog post I want to write, I start thinking, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling creative at all. Um, a really big one for me is I withdraw from people. Okay. So I stop wanting to um, socialise with friends and family. I don't want to go out. I just kind of want to stay where it's warm and comfortable and safe. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that does tend to be quite a big warning sign um, in terms of anxiety and depression and, and those more serious things too. Yeah. Feeling tired and, and overwhelmed and exhausted and not, not being able to have clarity about what you're thinking. So kind of feeling foggy and, you know, for me, even the simplest of tasks make me feel sleepy, you know, and, and my husband might be explaining something to me and I know it's something that I should be able to understand, but it just, it's like he's talking another language and I can't quite get a grasp on what he's saying. And, and maybe he's talking rubbish. Um, (laughs) Husband and wife thing, because I can relate to that. (laughs) My husband never listens to the podcast. I'm safe there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me too. Um, So it's, um, you know, it's that general feeling of, of overwhelm and withdrawing and also, um, you know, perhaps feeling really emotionally unbalanced, whether that be tearful or um, angry um, frustrated, you know, really short-tempered. I tend to to have a bit of a short fuse yeah. um, when when I'm not feeling great. And I think it's those are the kind of signs that I think really you need to be going and talking to somebody. And whether that's your mentor or your family or your doctor, uh, go and talk to someone. And there's there's absolutely no shame or embarrassment to be felt in saying to somebody, you know what, I'm actually struggling right now and I don't know if it's just a bad week or whether there's something going on. Um, But sitting in silence and feeling like we should have all the answers and we should know what to do is not going to move us forwards because sometimes we need help. You know, we're we're beings that need to to connect and interact with each other and, and running your own business is usually very, very isolating. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, it's interesting. The things that you talked about there are probably kind of symptoms that so many of our listeners will be hearing and going, well, yeah, I feel like that. or I feel like that. Or I I have those moments of feeling like that. And I think what you've really just pointed out is um, my take on that is being brutally honest with yourself about, you know, you know, when your behavior is shifting from your norm to something that's like maybe it's the length of time that you're feeling those emotions yes. I'd imagine for most people it is so you might feel all of those things one or two days in a week or you know once in a blue moon but when it starts becoming more of a consistent theme in your life that's when you need to recognize that maybe you need to talk to someone and uh, whether that is like you say talking to your mentor it doesn't need to be suddenly you're having a mental health plan and you you know you think you're on the path for a breakdown it could be as simple as talking to a mentor or going out for a walk with a girlfriend and actually talking about how you're feeling rather than being in this mode of oh it'll be fine it'll be okay let's just keep go- keep on 
going on, um, which I reckon so many of us do because as business owners, often as parents, we're juggling so many balls, it can feel difficult to stop and actually get help and find the time to get help. You know, I yeah. talk from personal experience. Most of my listeners will know I've had lots of challenges with my one of my daughters. And, you know, we're very familiar with getting mental health plans and seeing specialists and asking for help. And, uh, you know, I wished I had done that earlier, to be honest. I'm a big advocate of just go and talk to people. And you yeah. might find that through that conversation, things aren't actually as bad as you thought they were. And actually, you're in a better position, which is an awesome wake-up call, right? Um, or a thing to find yeah. out. Or if it's not the case, at least you've got someone on board. But, um, yeah, I just want to get a bit ranty-pants of ladies, go out there and ask for help from someone. Reach out to me or Sharon or just say, you know, should I go talk to someone now? Or who would you recommend? Or what's your experience been? And get the conversation started. Because that's what I've loved about the guests we've had on the podcast. They've all been people that have gone and got expert help. And without a doubt, it has helped them move forward personally and professionally, which is is key, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of criticism of social media. But, you know, in some of my darkest moments, for me, it's been a lifesaver, you know, in, in certain groups I'm in that are safe yeah. places. You know, you, you know that it's like-minded people who have a similar background or, you know, also run their own businesses. And so you can go in those groups and say, oh, I'm having the worst week and this has happened and I feel really shitty and blah, 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 blah. And then there's 15, 20 people all going, oh, you wouldn't believe the week I've had. And yes, I completely hear you. And and all of a sudden you don't feel so alone. And you might get some really fantastic ideas about, you know, how to make a difference in your business or how to feel better or, you know, even just reassurance that actually, you know, feeling those things, you might actually need a bit more support than you're getting. Go and talk to your doctor or a counsellor or whatever. Yes, which is exactly why I put my whinge post up on Facebook in the Face Busy Business Women Facebook group yesterday because, you know, I'm very pro being positive and trying to have a positive outlook on business because there's enough negativity out there. But I also think that from time to time, it's really good to have a linguistic dump of all the crap that's going on and actually say things aren't rosy in the garden all the time because we all know they're not. It's just whether you're open to talking about it or not. Now, I'm always talking about the rubbish that I've done over the years and things that haven't worked and the up and down days I get that not everybody wants to be as open as you and I are but just having that outlet to be able to say oh this rubbish has happened this week and it was that client was shocking or x y and z happened and like you say I people either saying oh that's happened to me you'll get through this or this is what I did or maybe you should go and talk to someone and giving them a gentle nudge in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So important to have those places where you can go to and do that and not feel like you've got to be skipping through a poppy field like Mary Poppins all the time yeah. uh, and saying that everything's rosy because we all know it's not. Yeah, and that's, you know, one of, the, one of the many things I love about your group is that you are really open and, you know, you have a lot of integrity in terms of being honest about what you go through and the challenges that you've had and and I'm the same, you know, I, I can't be one of those coaches that, that you know, says that life's all fabulous and I wake up every morning super motivated and <laughs> that ain't the truth, you know, and, and, and I'd be a big fat liar if I said that that, that was the truth. Um, I wish it were, but, but you know, it, it's not. And, Are you and saying then that you're not kind of working, wearing Versace suits and having your hair blow dried every morning? 
either. Looking like this, really? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't watched the video yet, the video is available on the uh, show notes. Hello <laughs> to those of you watching. And uh, Sharon, you look beautiful, uh, but you know we're maybe not both in our like award-winning presentation right now. We're just doing normal Friday in the office, right? We're doing it very respectably. I mean, I've only can see your head. I don't know whether you're actually wearing pants or not. But we don't need to. Yes, today I'm wearing pants and a bra. So, you know, you've you've got the super Sharon today. But you uh, pulled out all the stops for us. Listeners, we are grateful, right? You can't see it, but I do have a whopping great bruise on my forehead where I tripped over the box at the gym and smashed my head on the wall. So, um, you know, it's. It's it's not, you know, I'm not this super aerobic Versace wearing <laughs> Louis Vuitton carrying super coach. I'm disappointed. I, I wouldn't have even had you on this podcast if I'd realized that. I was expecting a miniature dog in a bag, frankly. Might have just offended people who have a Louis Vuitton bag with a miniature dog in it. But I'm not really thinking that's my tribe. Anyway, let's move on before I dig my hole even deeper. I want to talk about top tips. Uh, what are your three top tips that you recommend business owners do to save their sanity and look after their mental health? Okay, so um, really none of them are about work. So the first one is to spend time doing things that fill your energy cup. And nobody can tell you what they are. You know, it could be spending time with friends and family. It could be reading. It could be Netflix. It could be tap dancing or computer games or, um, you know, running naked through the field of poppies <laughs> wearing nothing. Was that a confession there, Sharon? <laughs> And we got it on camera. I could just picture, you know, the poppies all being like that. And then I run through and they kind of go, ooh. It's a little bit like the plant behind you, but we shall not digress. Yes, my lovely dead plant. Um, So, you know, and if you're not sure what your thing is that you love doing, try lots of different things until you find something that fills you up and and inspires you and and gives you energy rather than taking energy away. One of the things, and it's really simple that I love to do, is go to a coffee shop by myself and sit and have a coffee and a piece of toast or and scroll through Facebook and and just people watch. And, and, you know, it's not anything major. and, And I just get peace from doing that or going to the movies by myself. I love going to movies by myself because nobody's talking or (laughs) crunching in my ear and I can watch scary things or complete drivel and nobody's complaining about whether or not it's a good film or not. So, um, you know, find your thing and make sure that you do it, commit to doing it. Mm. Uh, Another thing for me is sleep. Um, you know, I have to be really careful um, with bipolar disorder that I get enough sleep because not having enough sleep can make me a bit manic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, really vital to everybody's well-being. So make sure that, you know, you're getting to bed at whatever time works for you in terms of getting up. Some of us are night owls, some of us are morning people. Mm-hmm. So um, work out a sleep schedule and try difficult when you've got young kids or whatever I know but try to kind of maintain a healthy sleep regime um everything's harder if you're not sleeping we're a lot more emotional we've got shorter fuses and then lastly and you know 
who would have thought that I would be saying, <laughs> I know what's coming, exercise. exercise. I know, really, like, Faye knows this, but four months ago, I was the couch potato person. <laughs> you know, and I've gone through phases in my life where I've kind of been really into exercise and been really super healthy. And But since having kids and, and I guess, you know, mental health issues, I've kind of struggled with it a lot more. But it got to my, um, my birthday, I was 49 in May. And I thought, you know, I don't want to be 50 and fat and frumpy and just in pain all the time um but it was really scary getting up and exercising was really scary because I knew it was going to be really hard and I'd actually joined the gym before Christmas and could not bring myself to go and I kept thinking I'm just going to cancel my membership I'm just going to cancel my membership and then one day I thought for goodness sake Sharon that's you are pathetic (laughs) get off your ass and get yourself into that gym and I did and I've just finished a six-week challenge which I've loved And I feel so much better. I feel so much more energetic and my head is clearer. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the gym. It could be walking or roller skating or tap dancing or jumping on the trampoline, anything as long as you're moving more than you're sitting Um, You know, even if you're just getting up from your desk and walking around your garden a couple of times, I think, you know, I've really had it brought home to me in the last couple of months, what a difference that makes in terms of my mental and emotional and physical well-being, you know. Well, you've done amazingly, like you really did, like you say, go from nothing to you've just put your all into this challenge you look fantastic. Your results are amazing. But also just your posts that I've seen on social media, level of positivity. You can see how it's affected your mindset as well as your body, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, so I know everyone goes, oh, exercise. We know we should do it. But I, I know for me, I am a much nicer person, mum, ch- uh, child. No, <laughs> um, I'm a much nicer mother to my children. So I'm trying to say then when I when I'm exercising then when I'm not makes a huge difference to me yeah and look there's a, there's a massive difference between exercising when you're just having a down day or you're just not feeling brilliant to when you're actually in a place of depression you know and, and it yeah. frustrates me no end when I've been in that really deep dark hole for the doctor or whoever to say oh you know what would really help just go for a walk mm. And, and really, I don't even want to leave my bed. That The idea of getting out of my house and going for a walk and putting on clothes feels so overwhelming yeah. to me that, you know, it's not simple. I'm, you know, I'm not talking about when you're in that place. I'm talking about just generally it's really important for, for our holistic well-being to, mm. to move our bodies and, and to get our blood pumping. And for me, that doesn't take much because I'm so unfit. <laughs> Not now, you're not. But I think it's a really good point because I think as business owners, um, so often we put ourselves at the bottom of the pile of the the to-do list. And so those things that you're talking about that are really important to save our sanity and look after our mental health are actually the things that we're prioritising least. And we all know this. I don't reckon there's anyone listening to this that doesn't know that they need to look after themselves to be a better business owner. But the reality of implementing it is still a big issue for so many people. 
So I think it's, you know, you don't have to be going and doing three sessions at the gym every day, seven days a week to start looking after yourself. But it's just those, it might be that walk for 15 minutes that's such a big shift from where you are, but something is better than nothing. And so often, you know, I'm all about productivity, doing the right things to make money, get more clients, have better impact in the world through your business. But ultimately, if we don't look after ourselves, we can't do any of that stuff. Yeah. So that looking after your mental health, looking after your health and well-being and your fitness is so important and it should come right at the top because it has a direct domino effect to everything else. All right, so talking about productivity, uh, you know I love all things productivity. I am quite a nerd in that space. And to be frank, one of the <laughs> reasons why is because it helps me manage my own mental health uh, because when I feel on top of things, I'm much happier. I'm a nicer person, nicer wife, mum, friend, all the rest of it. So I'd love to know what tactics you use in your business, Sharon, to be more productive and manage your time smartly. I'm all about the lists. If I don't have a list, then I fanny about. So it's you know, it doesn't have to be a long list. You know, I used to work from this big long list that had everything on it, you know, home and business stuff. And it just, I would look at it and go, oh God, I already feel overwhelmed. You know, I took off all the stuff that wasn't a, it's going to be done or it needs to be done in the, the next whatever time period, you know, like painting the house eaves well yeah I might want to do that but it's not really you know high on the priority list yeah so I have a list that I work from and those are things that I must get done and then I will schedule it out so I tend to first thing in the morning do the things that have to be done that day without fail Mm-hmm. Because then if I get a call from the kids' school or, you know, something happens, at least I've done the things that I absolutely had to do and I don't feel so bad then about having to go pick up my daughter from school or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for, for me, lists is good. And really that's, you know, it, it's scheduling things into my calendar. So I will schedule in, you know, the appointments that I have. I will schedule in now my gym sessions. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, because otherwise I don't do it. You yeah. know, my gym has an app and you have to go in and book the sessions, which is really awesome because you can't just not turn up. They'd get a bit Oh, crappy. same at mine. It's, it's a yeah. real game changer, I reckon, than just like deciding when you want to go and no one knows whether you're going to or not and whether Absolutely. you cancelled or not. Yeah, and sometimes if you cancel the session, the trainer will give me a call and go, oh, Sharon, I noticed that, you know, you were booked in and they didn't come and is everything okay? And, yeah, you know, it's really hard to go, yeah, I just didn't really... suddenly that really pathetic excuse comes out and like oh I've been caught yes (laughs) so um you know I think it's also focusing on one thing rather than trying to do three or four things at once which then just make me feel overwhelmed Mm. you know if I'm going to write a blog post then I say okay for the next half an hour I'm going to write And then if I'm really struggling at the end of that half an hour, I can say, well, I've done half an hour and now I can do something else. Um, But otherwise I just, I go, yeah, I do a bit of this and I do a bit of that and nothing really kind of gets achieved. Well, Um, as you say, it's easy to start fanning around then, isn't it? The old fanning around comes up and suddenly you're flitting from one thing to another. And I think your first point was totally, you know, so valid that if you hit the ground running, you you think about what you want to do 
the night before and then start your day doing something that's really important, then even if the rest of the day gets derailed, you still end your day feeling satisfied that you got the important things done rather yeah. than nothing because you were fanning around on social media or, you know, refiling your emails that didn't need filing. Uh, and then, yeah, the day gets <laughs> lost. And then you're on to Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and the week's gone. Yeah, and it's going to be the queen of fannying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Alarm bells need to go off when fannying happens, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to move on from the fannying, although you might possibly get this into my last question of the day, uh, which I'm a bit sad it's at the end. I'm checking the time and thinking probably should wrap this up, Faye, but you and I could have just sat and done a podcast and video for hours, I think, laughing at our own jokes. <laughs> I'm very good at laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> Likewise. I think this, there's so many similarities between us. That's why we get on so well. Um, okay, I would like to know, is there a nice juicy quote or mantra uh, that's really inspired you over the years um, that you use in your business or in your life day to day that you can share with us? Yeah, you know, I the thing that, that has kind of stood me in good stead for a long time is do the thing and you'll get the energy to do the thing. So, you know, the washing up sitting there and you're looking at it and thinking, I just cannot be bothered Mm -hmm. to do it. I know it needs doing. It's making me feel miserable. Okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get up and I'll do five minutes and then I'll stop. But once you get up and you start doing it, you then start to get the energy to do it. Yes. and, and that, that works with anything. It works with exercise. It works with writing a blog post. It works with marketing or, or any of those things. Yeah. Um, so it really is just stop fannying about. <laughs> yes. And do the thing. <laughs> I know? think about this as eating elephants. You know, yeah. it's like the, the washing up becomes the elephant. If you just have a bite-sized piece of the poor cooked elephant, then you'll be able to eat the rest. And vegetarians look at me in horror. People have asked me, is the elephant cooked over the years? I'm like, seriously, <laughs> is that really the thing you're talking you're thinking yes. about now? Yes, it's cooked. You're not, it's metaphorical, okay? <laughs> but it's the bite-sized piece, right? Just do a yeah. little bit, and then you'll be amazed <clears throat> that how much more you'll end up doing. So I yes. love that one. Thank you very much. Sharon it's been such a pleasure talking to you I really feel like I feel a calling to do more with you I hope we get lots more of these kind of conversations it's a lot of fun we need to do like some kind of retreat for people who have been fanning around and (laughs) their jokes are funny and like you know get a tribe of us together it'd be a Um, winner yeah, exactly. We'd be happy, happy, happy. Um, so listeners, while Sharon and I are just rambling on a whole other direction, we should probably wrap things up. So if you'd like to get in contact with Sharon and follow the fabulous work she does, uh, all of her details are conveniently located in the show notes for you. So you can just go over to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 39. And Sharon has a fabulous freebie that you can get on her website too, uh, on the 10 ways to say sane 
in your home-based business, which I read that and like, oh my God, sign me up. I want it now. Like you <laughs> want to stay sane in the home-based business, right? So just head over to the show notes, busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 39. And you can get all of the links to find Sharon there, including downloading her freebie. But if you want to go and jump into her social media land right now, she's on Facebook at Sharon Chisholm.com. Uh, sorry, no, Sharon Chisholm AU for Facebook. She has a fantastic Facebook group which is uh, Facebook Braving Business. And you can find Sharon's website, sharonchism.com.au. But as I said, all the links will be in the show notes. So super easy to find her. Sharon, before I wrap this up, is there anything you'd like to leave us with today? Um, stop fannying about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Inspirational quote of the year. At the end of financial year, if you're thinking about the next 12 months in your business, stop fannying about. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been an absolute pleasure and screen to talk to. Uh, I appreciated all of your time and wisdom. So thank you, Sharon, so much for being here. My pleasure. I've loved every second of it. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you have also enjoyed this episode and it wasn't just self-serving for Sharon and I, I'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes, pretty please, and let us know what value you got from listening to this. And if you'd like to hang out with me some more, I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Businesswomen and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my website, busybusinesswomen.biz. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I will be back again very soon to help you build a business that booms. But until then, you've been listening to Sharon Chisholm and Faye Hollands on the Busy Businesswomen podcast.